Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Patrick Patrick Price joins us today from um, Jensen Beach, right? Yeah, and um, beautiful area. We're here with our show regulars, uh, Captain Skip Dana, and uh, Captain Art Sapp. So, this is connected by water, uh, presented by Joey Cardi, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. <laughs> Always yeah. got to say it, right? Because he does support the show greatly. Um, what kind of truck you drive? A Dodge. Nice. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. It's funny. Yeah. I, I noticed that when I pulled in. So we got three Dodges lined That's up. That's nice. Well, four with yours. Well, out four's there. out back. Yeah. yeah, the fourth one's out back. So we got all man. We got all Rams here today. So nice. Yeah, very nice. So um, listen, if you're in the market for a uh, new vehicle, particularly a Ram truck, go see the folks at uh, Joey Cardi, and they will hook you up. They always do. Great prices, great deals, great service, great quality, great people, great people. Go see Dean. Um, that's my sales guy, and he will take care of you. Tell him I sent you. And um, also, if you get a chance, check out ConnectedByWater.com. We got lots of stuff for sale, though. Cool art, cool products, cool apparel, um, cool everything, custom work. Just uh, give us a shot. And um, so, listen, I'm going to kind of cut that ad there short today and get right into it because we have a very important topic to discuss, right? One topic today, I know generally you guys come on, we do our tournament talk edition. This is not a tournament talk edition. We can dabble in it if you want, but I think we want to stay on point today. Um, and we're going to talk about sharking. That is our one and only topic today. So, or shark um, predation, right? Um, Patrick, shark you, abundance. You started a uh, Facebook group called "Let's Tax the Tax Man," and it's kind of what shined a light on sparking this episode here. A genius, yeah. dude! I don't. How did nobody think of? I, you know, we, a lot of us have talked about it up our way for a while, but I think there's nope. this fear of a backlash. So, uh, what spurred it for me? Um, besides all the incidents of fish getting eaten with charters and disappointment and stuff like that, and then now sales. I mean, the sales that got eaten this year, only I had eight eaten. I've had one eaten in the previous 25 years of professionally fishing here, which I looked yep. up on my website. I think it was 
January 2010. And it was a shocker. It was kind of cool. It was because blown away. Yeah. yeah, we got the picture of the head, the yeah. guy standing there. You know, it's like, well, that sucks. It's never happened, but it's kind of cool. And then yep. now it's now it's become a problem. So uh, beyond a problem. But I, I had a conversation. Uh, a guy actually reached out to me from Harbor Branch uh, a couple weeks ago, and we had about an hour long conversation. Um, and he was recommended to me by a cap, a charter captain in Fort Pierce, Tris, on the last Mango, and said that they were going to be doing some. Uh, you know, science and research on uh, shark-based science and research and thought that maybe I would be interested in doing it. So this engaged about a 45-minute conversation while I was sitting in the public's parking lot. And I said, last thing I said to the guy, I said, well, I don't really know how we can gather the research between now and when they want to start in 2021, but I'm going to create a social media page so we can get some pictures and some experiences for you guys to go look at. So I went home. Talked to my 12-year-old kid, had him, <laughs> had him dial it up, and, uh, and and that's how the page started, in all honesty. Um, you know, it's it's been it, it's been overwhelming to see everybody get involved. Uh, there's a lot of people that I know that we talk on the phone regularly up and down the coast from the Carolinas to Key West that are our peers that we talk with regularly that have the problems. So we know there's a problem that extends far beyond my inlet that I yep. fish in. Um, but... You know, I think a big part of it, I don't want to make them go away. We know there's this huge value to the ecosystem. Um, they've been here forever. They're adaptable to a lot of things. But when you manage a fisherman, recreational, charter, and commercial, and that management is getting superseded by sharks killing everything, that's not sustainable for our fisheries, um, whether it's snapper, cobia, grouper, King um, sales, King I mean, sales. Yeah, anything, everything. anything that's got a regulation on it, you know, if uh, if we're allowed two cobias per person in federal waters, and for me to catch my my six with my three anglers, it takes me to kill twelve with sharks. That's a problem. Yeah, a little bit. Even three is yeah. is too mm-hmm. much, you know. So it's got to a point where a lot of us we won't even fish for them when they're that bad. We'll just leave. I stopped using conventional tackle for them two mm-hmm. years ago because. The best way I found to get away from them was to open the bale up and let them go. Well, you let anybody on a charter try to back a drag off, you backlash. you're going to backlash. So just I've got them slamming the bales up with their palm of their hands so their fingers don't get caught. Let them run away. We clear everything else up. It's not as sporty, but then they just crank in the slack and it lasts 10 or 15 feet, fight real hard, and hopefully in gaff range. And that's the way we've been able to catch the few that we can. Yep. So the page blew up. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we are. And uh, we discussed before the show started um, that one of the things that I want to do is kind of unblur the line a little bit of um, we're not out for just mass, you know, murders of sharks and everything like that. Everyone in this room here is a conservationist at heart. Um, and I want to make that clear before we started really getting deep into this conversation, um, because I don't like using the term, at least I don't of lately, just like using the term environmentalist at all, Not at all. because I think that word has been bastardized it's over, been over the, yeah, it's been stolen because I really do think that everyone in this room is also an environmentalist from my definition of the term. Yeah. Um, but you know, that has become a militant term at that point. So we kind of hesitate to use it around here. Um, y'all are on the water. You make a living on the water. You guys are on the water pretty much every day. Um, tell me some stories about how this thing, I know we've talked about it on the show before. Um, some of the ways that this can be curbed, because I printed out a couple articles, which I rarely ever do on this show, um, to kind of just remind me to hit on a few topics, because it seems like the big thing that 
legislation has going for it is public opinion that they want shark finning to go away, right? Which I know. It's a disaster. Right. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Lots of things to talk about. I wanted to talk a little bit about how we first started recognizing the issue. And this was, I still had my conk. When, when I first started seeing an issue, we were catching a guy, a grouper just were amazing. They were on a few of the wrecks out here in shallower water. And in the beginning, sharks weren't an issue at all. And, and then by 2002, we started seeing them. They started eating a few of the groupers or whatever, but you were still able to catch them. And when they did get them, they got them from the tail and they bit half of them. And it was frustrating, but you got the other half. Well, the, the sharks learned. They, you'd, get, you'd pull up, you'd anchor down on a wreck, start fishing, and the fish, you'd start marking them. You'd be sitting under your boat 20, 30 feet down sitting there waiting. Well, he learned instead of chasing from up, you'd hook the fish, fish is coming up, he'd roll over and go down and they got it all every time. So we, I haven't intentionally grouper, grouper fish since 2003 because of that. Got sick of feeding them to them, uh-huh. which kind of sucks because a grouper's good to eat. Uh, you know, and there were other regulations came in where they shut down the, the winter time on us, which made it very difficult to, to catch them. You know, wherever we, our best of it is January, December through through March or so for for the gag groupers and not allowed to take them January through May one anyway so that that ended that but it seemed like at that time there were bull sharks down in our way still didn't see many sandbars when the sandbar ate something it was shocking well at the time also there was still a, a reasonable commercial fishery for them right that has gone away entirely one it, it will go away permanently if if they do if they are successful with that piece of legislation that. It was running through Florida, and I'm not sure where it is right now. I, I think it's gone away. I think it might have gone away. I know that. Um, but that was on the finning thing. The- yeah, on the finning thing. I know Kristen Jacobs, well, she yeah. was kind of front running it. God rest her soul. Um, we recently lost her to cancer. Um, you know, but that was one of the bills that she was championing through. Um, she's a Democratic House representative out of Coconut Creek here. Um, but, you know, that I think there would there need to be some clarification. I know Marco Rubio presented something that was a little bit more in favor of the reality exactly. of, of yeah. what you know, we're kind of facing, rather than just saying but still pretty environmental and flying that environmental flag and saying shark fins, and everyone goes, yes, shark fins bad. Whatever you need, just put the bill through. And I think that's pretty much how things like that happen. Yep. yep. I think and everybody can agree that the shark finning thing is horrible. There's there's no sense in killing a fish for. Handful of fins, fins only. Take, right. take the whole thing and, and use it. And correct, you know, yeah, but that's never happened in this country. Yeah. The U.S. has never done that. It's been the entire fish goes to the dock. Yep. They make the majority of their money on the fins, but they still had a reasonable market on the meat. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was worth it. One of the fellas that's on there that I find most intriguing to join on the yeah, Thomas the, Osborne. The commercial guy, yeah. Yeah, well, right? he's got one of the only exempted permits correct. right now. But so scientifically based, he's exactly. got to carry observers on the boat all the time. He's given an allocation, but. He's 100% invited. Anybody that doubts what he does and where all the fish goes and the processing part of it, everything goes to a to place. Market, yeah. Every piece of the fish has a home. Yeah. And I think that's important for to know. You know, I, I'm not going to disagree, okay? I think the argument gets thrown out that sharks are endangered. I'm not going to disagree. Worldwide, there could be a problem because there is no legislation and there's no regulation in a lot of parts of the world. It's just kill, kill, kill. It's there. They just don't pay attention to it. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or that is the case, yeah. So, but looking up and down here at the East Coast, you know, and one of the biggest issues that I've always had with our fisheries management is you look at they keep treat Key West and North Carolina as the same it's body of water in regulation. Thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I'm on that council. Right. So 
But how different is it from St. Lucie Inlet to Jupiter Inlet, Jupiter Inlet to Palm Beach yeah. Inlet, especially targeting bottom fish? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just different like... Different animal. It, it totally even the way, you, the way you got a fish for them is completely different in the different areas. Yeah. Dude, even Georgia to, to North Carolina is two worlds apart. Yeah. It, it, all of it. it. It's insane. And for Georgia and South Carolina to, to have to suffer the same regulation that we do, Hillsborough Inlet has more boats go out of it on one weekend than Georgia has in the entire fishing season. Right. Offshore boats. It's it's ludicrous to to lump all that together, but that's the way the law's written the right it's now. Been. Yeah, so it's an interesting twist on things, you know, from day yeah, one, yeah. just with regulation in itself. But I, I, you know, to me, the best way to do this is with commercial harvest because it's highly regulated. If they're going to add a couple of boats, which to me would be the make sensible thing, let's add two more boats. Get two guys that want to do it. You know, they can talk to Tom and see what kind of money they can make or whatever, and they can work a little bit Jupiter south. I think he can't come to past Jupiter, what I understand. Not within his, yeah. It's not within his, uh, his limitation of his permit. But, you know, that's obviously the best way and the most controlled way. You can document the numbers. You know, another way is a tournament. That's probably the second best way is you have a, a multi-inlet tournament and you – you know, but that's only that's only processing bull sharks because we don't want to kill hammerheads. I don't want to no. kill nurse sharks. We don't want to kill yeah. tiger sharks. We don't want to kill anything but or would be limit. nice to be allowed to kill sandbars, but we're Correct. not allowed that, to. And that's so that's the only other hiccup. But also the hammerheads and the other some they're not the they don't problem. bother us. Yeah, yeah the, the sandbars seem to be like the biggest culprit. I mean the bulls. Sandbars and bulls. The bulls. bulls. Yeah, yeah. from Lake Worth Inlet north, the bulls, and at times right. to the south, but most of the time Lake Worth Inlet north, the bull sharks are <laughs> unbelievable, right. and then. Sandbars there south or everywhere really. Sandbars from yeah. North Carolina to Key West. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing the direct result of you know taking away a commercial taking fishery. taking away the commercial yeah. fishery. Yeah. And, and now it's encroaching on Here's you know, recreational crazy, fisheries. The crazy thing is those twenty boats that were doing it until two thousand four ish four or five. I don't remember exactly when they they shut it down. Should have done the research, but busy anyway. The majority of them were fishing up there around Canaveral, and mm-hmm. they were making a good living and taking enough fish that they weren't proliferating to the north and south too badly. It, 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 within a couple of years, they're mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, it was a blink of an eye, and they're, they're everywhere all of a sudden. So there was a healthy fishery, and it, and they would have quit doing it if the fish weren't still there because you can't make a living if there aren't any sharks there. So right. clearly they weren't putting a hurt on them bad enough that they couldn't continue making a living, and and we once or twice a year have a fish eaten by a shark, a, a sandbar shark, and – Shut it down, and for it to explode like this just tells you how healthy and strong that that shark population is. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I read mean, somewhere that they uh, female gives birth to fifteen pups annually. I mean, uh, times that times how many? thousands. Yeah, it's, tens know, of thousands. You know, the one of the things too that I and would have to do a little more research on it, but it makes sense, and it's it's been admitted by, and I'm and I'm not here to anybody out of business first of all this is i'm here to try to help find a way to to, to make it palatable for everybody that makes a living on the water right so um but you look at some of the dive operations which we don't have them in stewart but i see a lot of it on the page in palm beach and jupiter where they complain about the shark feeding and the argument is fishermen chum too okay well it's sure fishermen, when's the last time you chummed i've been a long time yeah. A long, can't long do time. it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the tournaments can't do it. You can't. I'm not going to chump. I'm, from I'm not saying legally. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Saying you can't because the sharks lead everything. Because the sharks are bad. But there's there's people that have shared with me in Messenger that are on the group that are friends or followers of these businesses where they've 
bragged about changing the migratory patterns of the sharks that they're here they year round. Sure, 100%. Now. And one of the guys made a comment about the, how the, one of the dive boats said, well, we see one tiger shark that's here now year round. And the guy goes, well, maybe we would see 10 or 12 if they weren't managed or people didn't kill them or whatever the case may be. And I said, maybe you see 10 or 12 if that shark was able to go up and mate and, and do reproduce. its thing and reproduce and not be stuck here feeding on yeah. free food. Yep. So there's two ways to every argument, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Well, tiger sharks are restricted. They're, there's nobody killing shark, right. tiger sharks commercially. So well, legally. Yeah, true. But <laughs> there's, I, yeah. there's a lot of people that unfortunately were bragging about it on the page, whether they're actually doing it or not. It's easy to sit behind yeah, a keyboard sure. and brag. Pretty stupid to do it, too, because it's illegal. Yeah. But we're trying to quell those people out of the page because that's not what it's about. It, that and the tigers are still pretty abundant offshore too. When I back when I was buoy fishing a lot, that was one of our major fish that were preying on fish on the right. on the gear. And then also you'd hook a bunch of them, and and then they all go back alive. There we saw quite a few of them out there. Them and the Cuban night sharks. I think uh, something that was also brought up to me. I'll leave leave his name out of it. Um, but I I was having a conversation with somebody that wants to be involved with the tournament, and he said. Uh, he said, I think one of our biggest problems is the closure of the Bahamas fishery and our proximity to the Bahamas mm-hmm. and how many fish may come back and forth that 40 miles, you know, and then they maybe gain residence here. You know, there's no no shark fishing or reg- there's regulation now in yep. the Bahamas. And has and been for a little while, too. It's been for a long time. Yeah. So uh, it's, that's an interesting yeah. twist on it as well. I mean, what's yeah. the one? It's another example of how China ruins everything, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of the shark finning. I mean, the the major corporate corporate hub of that is Hong Kong. Oh yeah, right. And, and that's really a big, big, big problem. I mean, the fact that China goes once again unregulated, and we're seeing like the extreme example of unregulation, just to prove further the point that we're all about conservation, and they say conservation be damned. You know what yeah. I mean? It's an interesting argument there, and, and I hadn't heard that one so much yet with the with the Bahamas because m- many of the species you're dealing with over there that are that are messed with you know, the bulls, yes, but uh, you know the, whatever those brown sharks are when you're tuna fishing, are those big yeah, I they're they're big 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 they they might yeah. be yeah. Giant, giant freaking giant. There's a, there's yeah. a bunch of those on the ledge too. Yeah, tons of those on the ledge. Yeah, you sure those up there aren't aren't duskies? Uh, I've seen a few duskies well, up there on the, the ledge. The ones, yeah, we, the ones that we see most of the time during the winter, and it will catch bottom pups, fish and stuff. Are, you don't see them much bigger than four and a half, five yeah. foot. But they they look identical over there tuna fishing, except they're Giant. seven foot, <laughs> which you don't think they get that big. Yeah, but, yeah Man, they're, up, they're smart to the game. When I was up there, we we made one pass on the ledge and caught a few bonitas, and there were so many. Without exaggeration, there was twenty sharks. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Fuck. there was there was at least four or five bulls, and the rest were either. Duskies are those big silkies. I'm not sure what they were. Dark yeah, but it's brown. It's funny. And now the, they're. Oh, there's I, a few sandbars too. Yeah, but it seems like outside of, of, of 130 foot, the sandbars are all over you up there. And inside of that, the bull sharks are all over you up there. And mm-hmm. they're segregating themselves. And it's all bad. Have you been experienced more sailfish getting eaten? No, so, that's kind of like. How long ago was that one you had sharks? Uh, the first one? Yeah. Would have been, I think I looked it up and shared it. It was uh, 2013, I think. So the first one I can ever remember in my life was the one Louie got sharked in that tournament. That, that was probably TV show. seven, eight years ago. That's uh, all right. I, we were in the black boat. I'll put a date on it. December. Probably 13, close to that. So yeah, mid, mid-December, mid in it, uh, second week of December. I'll take a minute, but I'll get, I'll get the exact date on it here. 
So the fish we yeah. had eaten, we had hard. some really f- good fishing going on up in the jungle, which happens sometime in December and January where our bait shows up north of the inlet. Now where all of our cobia fishing goes on, all the wrecks are there. And there was a ton of cobias. There was big schools of redfish on the bottom. It was kind of cool what was going yep. on. And, uh, you know, the Jupiter billfish tournament was one up in there one year by some of the live bait guys in 50 I'm, foot of water. I was and, there. Uh, I remember that. Yep. It was fun. So... That it was kind of understood, you know, you didn't see the sharks feeding on anything and all that, but it was like, okay, I can understand why it's going on. It's like we're fishing in SeaWorld right now. There's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. There's redfish on the bottom, on your bottom rig when you're trying to catch a cobia. There's cobias everywhere. There's tunas, mahis, sails. And it was, like I said, it was kind of cool that it happened, even though it wasn't yeah. cool. But mm-hmm. now, eight in this past season, and that's just to me is an astronomical number. It's pack feeding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just it's just once one of them gets honed in on there, if that fish can't get away or you can't get to it quick enough to let it go, it's it's going to be over. Yeah, and, I, th- and I think that's really the issue with it, the pack feed. That's what we can because see. you can't really get away yeah. from. Yeah. It. yeah. How, How many, many fish do we let yeah. go that are slowly swimming away, going down, trying to recover and get plowed? And they get plowed. And I, I think that's an astronomical number. I know at least two or three species. in uh, the Palm Beach tournament this year got. Right at the end of the day, we caught a double at the end of the day. We let them both go, and I know they both got wiped out. Yeah, you see that you see ten sharks around the boat while you're letting them go. You, their chances of getting anywhere are slim to none. And he, and here's a, a twitch a twist. We in all our charters, we're constantly look. It's federal law. We don't take them out of the water. We lean right. over the side of our picture, and then you're looking at a menagerie of sharks down there that this thing's fixing to go Here, back to. Us. So watch this. No, we're going. <laughs> so we throw them in the boat. We haul ass and go. So now. In an attempt to save this fish's life, we're breaking the law. Right, right. But so, but why? If you're going to take them out of the water, why can't you take a picture with them real quick? That's what they do. That's what they do with bonefish. They pull them out of the water, run 150, 200 yards, and put them back in the water. If not, yeah. they'll get eaten right away. So yeah. it's interesting you say that. So I did a tagging program with the FWC probably three or four years ago, where they were putting uh, transmitters in their belly liner for to try to figure out their migratory pattern. What we've kind of figured out is Stewart is kind of a unique area in the sense that you get a Gulf population and a, uh, a North Carolina population. The fish interact, um, go a couple different directions. Maybe while we haven't extended. Sales or kings or? Uh, cobias, sorry. Cobias, okay. So we were, they were paying me for however many tags we could put in. I was bringing some guys from a charters, letting them pay at a discount rate. They would catch the cobias. While they were catching them, we would have them in this tube with the hoses. They'd do the surgery, take the finlet samples for DNA and measurements and all that crap, and we would chug offshore to get away and then let the fish go away. Well, last year, they're doing it on their own. I don't know if it's a budgeting thing or whatever. They have their little FWC boat, and they're anchored up at the sand pile, and I watch them lose 10 fish before they catch their first one. And then they throw it over right there. Right there. And what's I mean, what's the point of that science? Right. You know, I mean, it's just... <laughs> the tag's in the belly swimming around. Well, in a shark so, belly. <laughs> and, and it's funny, too, because they sent me some inform- some data on some of the fish, and they were like, they had one of the cobias swimming like 75 or 78 miles in a day and a half. And I'm like... No chance. And that seems awfully fast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that transmitter's in a shark's belly. Yep. So, I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it, just a wonder of... Uh, yeah. How many is really? How many of everything is really getting eaten? And then the, now they wanted you to use the uh, the little fish elevator to let your uh, oh, yeah. your fish down. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to. That's a law now. Right. You so, know why that that that's there, and and it's not going to end up doing us any good because of the shark issues. As it becomes more, or the science community becomes more aware of it, despite the fact that since I got on this council, I've been screaming at these scientists, "This is happening." It's an isolated incident. I keep getting told. 
Mm-hmm. So I keep showing them more and more pictures, and more and more and more people are telling them, no, they're isolated instances. You're one boat. They're not on every boat. Well, bullshit, they're on every boat. Right. Wouldn't believe me. So the, that descending device, the thought there was to, in an attempt to get more red snapper season, an attempt you know, to get more days for red snapper season in the Atlantic side, if we can decrease the dead discard number, then theoretically that'll buy us more fish back and buy us more days. Well, they're going to get up and realize that dead discards aren't the ones that float off from the boat because it didn't, uh, whatever, they, that barrow trauma, whatever right. got them. It's on their way down. They're getting plowed. Sharks. At, I'm not going to put a number out there. The percentage I think it is, and I don't say it at the, at the council meetings either because they're going to, the science community will absolutely hold that against us right. and reduce that snapper season that much more. Yeah, that's crazy. And in a fishery that clearly everybody that spends a day in the ocean, red snapper fishing in the areas where they live, says it's a totally recovered fishery. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm catching them off Hillsboro. I know. Lots of them. I know. Yeah. I found this this article. um, It's from Florida or for Fresh Take Florida. Um, It discusses um, Florida fishermen fret as shark fin sale ban moves forward, talking about the commercial um, fishermen. And I was uh, not surprised, but, you know, kind of enlightened to see that uh, representative from Moat Marine Laboratory Center said that anti-finning bills may be well-intended but have negative consequences. And saying that banning the import and the export of fins in Florida will merely push the illegal trade underground, preventing regulation, and promote wastefulness by forcing local fishermen to throw away the fins on the sharks they catch. Um, how much weight do you put to that kind of argument about things going underground? I don't think enough of it can get done that, that, you know, you can't make enough money off of going underground. I wouldn't think to, because there are other places in the world that are still doing it. So it's not like it's going to drive the price up on it at all. Right. I, I appreciate the concern, but the, cons- the the real concern is it's a, it's a healthy fishery that needs to be taken advantage of, or we're going to get worse and worse in our current situation with, with the predation. Yeah. Depredation or whatever the proper term is now. It, you know, so, I, was, I was interested to see that, um, Previous to us, California was the illegal hub of shark fin imports and has now, they're saying it's now turned to Florida as the illegal hub, most of it coming from South America. Um, I don't know, just bringing that up for whatever reason. Switching gears a little bit to divers. Um, how much weight do you think that holds uh, to some of these? Are you talking about the commercial cattle carts, whatever, yeah. carrying people out feeding them? It certainly educates them, but those sharks learn anyway. You know, and and like you're saying, the keeping them here year round. That's certainly a concern. I mean, I I think there's again going back to I don't want anybody to try to ruin my business that I built for 11 mm-hmm. years because I have a, an idea of what I think needs to be done because I see how the shark fishing and sharks eating my fish affect my population and my customers who are spending thousands of dollars to come fishing for a day and then they lose their prize fish right so you know maybe you have a season <laughs> maybe you have a, a time of year where they can do that that you know yeah. is agreed upon or they it's can not a bad idea or they yeah. can sign it you know they can do 20 trips a year I, I i can tell you if they did one trip a month where they baited those things after they've been as seasons as they are i bet every time they went if they dropped an empty basket down there for the next 30 days with divers those sharks would still come up yeah you know why? Because they're trained to come there. Yep. And it's just like when my boat, when I used to chum for cobias three or four years ago, when I would go to places, before I even got my shit in the water, there they were, were sharks there. swimming around the boat. Yep. 
So they're 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 incredible creatures. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're adaptable. They're smart. They're probably some of the smartest creatures in the ocean. Uh, to that point, now it's become a detriment to the fishermen. They've adapted to where they can get an easy meal. And and look, I'm not saying that the divers are the only ones to blame. There's plenty of people that chum and fish, and there's plenty of people that hang a bonito over. There's videos on the post. That's what we're trying to get rid of. I'm guilty of it. I was the first one to admit on there. I've yeah. done it. Yeah. I did it in the past. I've seen the results of it. I'm not, not going to do it anymore mm -hmm. because it's detrimental to my fishery. And yeah. I didn't go to school. This is what I know. So in order for me to have a business for the next 15 or 20 years, I have to protect my fishery on some level. Um, and I, that comes back to the attitude of fishermen, whether you're commercial, charter, recreational, sport fishermen. you got to be conservationists at some level. You can't just be catch, kill, rate, There's pillage, an economic plunder. impact to it. There's a huge economic, economic impact. And, and, you know, people are saying, I've heard the argument that the dive boats bring so much money to – their area and whatever, but we we can go throw numbers about how much fishing brings and how much diving yeah. brings to the state of Florida. That's not an argument. No, right? there's a hell of a so, lot more fishing yeah, boats going. Exactly. Yeah, you'll have, you'll, you might have, what, three boats at a time out there on the ledge in the shark dives? Right. And you'll have a couple of hundred boats fishing out there. So that's, that's not yeah. really a legitimate argument. I, I think that, you know, I think that uh, awareness is the first thing that needs to be, and part of this page was to try to create that. Um you know, I think the the second thing is we try to make some kind of proposal, and we I, I encourage the divers to come on there. The problem is we got people that just can't have a civil conversation, so I got to delete the whole thing. Yeah, it yeah. turns into it that sucks. left wing, it right sucks wing kind of I, conversation. I, yeah, I want to hear what they have to say. I yeah. want to have the conversation, a civil conversation, a civil conversation. Maybe we can have some compromise without you know blowing shit out of the water and ruining people's careers and stuff. I don't want them to say that they're necessarily going to totally be shut down. I don't think that's the attitude that we want. But, you know, it could turn around. It could backfire on fishermen, too. You know, there's, there's, right. a, lot of, there's yeah. a lot of ways this could go. Well, so. it's like that uh, there's three sides to every story, right? His, hers, and the truth. And it's like then the truth is usually somewhere right down the middle. right? And, so, and I think that's really kind of what we're talking about with the compromise and what you really need to get the message, like, through to people. Like, all right, this is not... Like what's happening right now is not cool, right? You know, and that's the bottom line. That's why we're here today. For sure. If it wasn't an issue, we wouldn't be talking about it. And I think that the like the the shark feeders, they can't say that they have not adversely affected the sharks. They're not migrating anymore. Well, they've admitted they, to it. Yeah, they're the, not. The they're pages, not going. So. They're not going in their normal spawning patterns. You know, like the guy said about that one tiger shark, that's there all the time on the ledge. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. It's supposed to go north. Supposed to go south. Supposed to. So then you get the go people the on the page that go, well, if they love their sharks so much, they wouldn't disrupt their migratory pattern. And if they realize if they realize people are pissed off and are going to go have a shark tournament on Juno Ledge and kill a hundred bull sharks in a day, mm -hmm. maybe they would change their attitude. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know, there's a couple different ways to look at it. And like I said, we're trying to find some civil civil way to do this without. One, putting people out of business or, or, or getting people so pissed off they're threatening people and shooting people yeah. and doing whatever people <laughs> and, do these days. And me personally, I don't want to kill them. I want them to go back to their natural. Yeah. I think sharks are beautiful, to they're, be they're honest awesome with you. I really, they're, they're, they're people love seeing um, them. People love catching beast. them. But when they eat their sail or they eat your 30 pound grouper that you worked really hard to get out of the bottom or they eat just your to get a snapper. bite on. Right. right. Yeah, off just to get the but bite I think the biggest thing, too, is like those, those fish that are there on the ledge now or pretty much anywhere. In that area, they're trained, and they know that if they hear a boat, there's food coming. And, you know, 
in Yellowstone. If the bear gets like that, they shoot them. Right. They get mm-hmm. rid of them. Or any other kind of wild animal. If they get trained to not lose their free, fear of humans. Look, somebody brought up a valid point on there, and it's it's hard to argue with. Right now, we're not allowed to feed gators. You're not allowed to feed bears. Something. You're not allowed to yes. feed wolves. We're not allowed to feed pelicans. Yeah. Right? So How is it we're allowed to feed the most uh, aggressive? Apex predator, yeah. aggressive predator, and in species the in the ocean within a few miles of the beach. Yep. So, yeah. you know. I mean, that's what we've been saying, too. Like, this is, is all going to change once someone, once someone gets attacked on the beach. It, but yeah. Unfortunately, the sharks are HMS species, and they're not in that purview of the council that I'm involved in, though we do talk about it quite a bit. But that would be it's it's a federal it's the HMS group that is who we'd have to bring that up to because in inside of state waters it is illegal it's Ill- yeah. illegal but what's I mean it's an imagine it's an, it's a line but it's an imaginary line it, it We're is. not crossing a wall you know yeah. yep. there are fish know no fences we yep. all know that I mean you go catch a sail in ten foot of water inside the sea buoy sometimes of the mm-hmm. year so yep. uh, they don't know any bounds they're when that bait supply starts happening or the fall run or the fish move onto the beach and it's too rough for the dive boats to go for a week, they're going to go look for food. Where are they going to go? Where it's all out on the beach. So, yep. you know, it's it's a it's a matter of time. I think we've been saying it. We've been saying it. It's a matter of time for the guys that have been shooting the Cobias off the backs of the bull sharks. And shark. a couple of them got bit. A couple yeah. of them have gotten bit. And it, what I think is most interesting on that is we see the guys that are free diving that have said they've seen a, a huge change and impact in the attitude of the shark in the last three to four years. Towards the diver. Much towards, more aggressive. Towards the diver. Never mm-hmm. used to follow me. I'd see one shark a dive. Now there's 20. They follow me the whole time. They know the sound of the band snapping. They yep. know this. They know that. Now, I've seen up our way, I've seen dive commercial guys dump a bucket of blood in the water and drift with the blood to attract the sharks to them. You see them get in there and do the the yeah. bottle thing to, to yeah. get them fired up, to get them closer to them to shoot the cobias. But, and, and so... They have an impact on this too. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's at yep. fault on some level. Yep. Uh, I don't think any of us can disagree on that. It's just. I think the biggest where do we go? at fault is the reduction of the commercial fishery, yes, though. For sure. Yeah. Regulation. You go from twenty boats to one, and he is so heavily regulated that. And he's fill. He's. I mean, he's filling his stringers. Like he's <laughs> having such good sets that. Yeah. And Clearly. short sets. Yeah. One set done. Crazy. Yep. Crazy. So where do we go? Like that's I think that's really the question, isn't it? Like, what can be proposed? What can be done? I mean, like, what I, are the I, ideas? So I I think we we I think we we have a tendency to focus on the the shark divers up there. Mm-hmm. They're they're definitely a problem, but the biggest problem is the overabundance of sharks up and down the coast, mm-hmm. for sure. Because sure. It, it's it's definitely amplified off Juneau, Palm Beach. But it's just as bad in Key West and Miami. It's, it's not as bad as Miami, but at like, times, like Hillsborough is really bad. Boca is horrible. Mm-hmm. Point that you have like little hot spots where it's just well, anywhere where the live bottom is strongest, yeah. yep. the, especially the sandbars are on it. But the and then the crazy thing is, it's as bad and worse. And thank God we don't have the the dusky sharks in the populations we have these other things. Them fuckers are. Really smart. I mean, oh, yeah. a fish, and, and it happens a little bit with the kings. They'll, they'll get aggressive and get headed to a bait and get plowed before they even get to it. But those yellow fins in, in the, in the wintertime when they're on the humps in the keys, those dusky sharks, a fish gets to moving on a bait, and they'll plow it before it gets there. Yeah. You'll see the explosions. The rod just starts to load over. We have, that, we have that at the corner. Yeah, exactly. You'll be trolling, yeah. and you'll, you'll literally see a, well, those a are dusky black fin-sized fish boom, boom. blow, and, and, and then all of a sudden you're getting dumped, and you're like, 
Yeah. Now I just saw a fish this big air out on my little jet head lure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you, you fight the whole way to the boat and it's a 200 pound shark. You know, yeah, a lot of the time it, those are dusty instant sharks. Impact, yeah. Instant impact bite. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy the timing. I think yeah. the, um, the idea that you floated out there with the shark tournament was a good one. Um, we yeah. joked about it before on, on past episodes. Oh, yeah, the Connected by Water Shark Tournament, and then we would just, like, you know, well, I, bang I think, stick would be in your bucket and I all that. You know. I think it's the better alternative because it's getting to the point now where, like, if you read through that page, guys are like, I'm just going to start killing them on my own. And we don't want that. Yeah, don't you want, right. you, you don't, don't want, want them to go to waste, you know? No, right. don't want it to go to waste. And, then, and, and as I've talked to a couple of the guys that want to be involved, and we've had a – setting up a few zoom calls and stuff. Some guys are fishing the white marlin open and stuff. So we're going to, we're going to reconvene when they get back, but you know, we have to make it palatable to the general public as much as we can. Cause you know, there's going to be people going why. So, so the, the first thing is there's a couple ways to go about it. We can do it within the page where it's just like a core group of people know about it. You do a two day event, you kill what you're allowed to kill. We just make bull shark a meat on the dock. You do have a re- release division, whatever. Doesn't doesn't help with the sandbar population, but sharks are sharks are smart. You start killing a few in an area, they're, gonna start they're all going to settle down and, and move to different locations and step back for a minute and reevaluate mm-hmm. the situation. They're going to reevaluate getting close to boats, stuff like that. But uh, you know, I think involving as much science as we can for it. I think involving uh, you know proper charities or food banks mm-hmm. for it, so there's a benefactor to the meat. What the last thing we need to do is have a shark tournament and have 150 carcasses end up in a dumpster or floating in Jupiter Inlet or somewhere. Right. That, yeah, that, 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 that can't happen. That can't a warehouse happen. uncovered with a bunch of, yeah. That can't happen. So, you know, we have to we have to lay out some good groundwork with a committee. But I think that that would be a start. And if, we're, if we don't get any uh, communication with NOAA or National Marine Fisheries and we're not getting any recognition, then you just say we're going to have a shark tournament which we're legally allowed to do every year, three times a year until somebody does something. Yep. Squeaky wheel mode. You know, I mean, that's, and, and at some point if the divers say, Hey, we're starting to see this is a problem. We still want to have our dive business, but the shark numbers where we do this are getting limited or they're getting scarce. Okay. We'll throttle back on the feeding. We'll cancel one of the tournaments, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's gotta be some level of compromise Mm -hmm. uh, within it. I mean, that makes the world go round. Now more so than ever, it seems like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And um, I almost think, you know, putting those sandbars back on the catch list might be. That has to happen. Well, so no, there's no doubt. So here's the catch with that. The reason they went on it to begin with is they, the inshore species, black tip for one of them. And for some reason, despite all the news channels, when they get bored showing the thousands of them on the beach every year, Mm -hmm. it was believed that they were undergoing overfishing and were in trouble. Black tips were. So they are a species that are caught on the on the same gear as the sandbars and everything, and, and it's a marketable species. So they're undergoing a, a research that I can't remember the term right now, which it blows my mind because I hear it four times a year, a thousand times at each meeting. But they're undergoing that, that research program right now where they're basically counting them, how they do it, I don't know. And <laughs> and if that number comes up strong, it's ridiculous. they'll reopen that fishery and the sandbars will be a part of it. Uh, and so they'll they'll also come off that federal protected deal, and fortunately that's going on right now. That that counting process, I can't believe I can't think. Of that. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! You weren't it? here yesterday. <laughs> how do you count a shark? Where did you come yeah. from? Dude, that's how they do all of it, though. Every species, yeah. bottom fish, you can't. At least yeah. when you can fly along in a helicopter and, and actually quite literally see the see sizes sharks, of the. Right. So that that coral reef thing, I remember sitting 
Yeah. Through all those meetings. Oh, the one that lasted a day? Or... No, 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 this, this one went for years. Which one? Well, they're still, they're, they're, dude, they're still there. I'm Seth, still it was Seth Tree. Then I'm, the I'm thinking reef. of a different thing. Yeah. Is this with the new reef fish card for the 13 species we got to carry? No, this is, some, this is something different. different. So yeah. I sat through all these meetings, and these people were like, there's no sharks out there. I'm like, you are out of your freaking mind. There's no mm -hmm. sharks out there. Mm -hmm. They're like, we set lines all the time. We don't catch anything. I'm like, well, where do you set them? We go just south of Port Everglades in 40 feet and put lines out. We don't catch a single one. I'm like, well, duh, there's no sharks there. Right. You know, I'm like, go a little deeper or go north, go south, and put them out. You'll catch all the sharks you want. Mm -hmm. And they didn't believe me there's any sharks out here. Yeah. And these yeah. are the scientists doing the count. Oh, yeah. yeah. That and their, their dives were all done on, it's on science. Bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> on, these, on these horrible dive spots and with the whole, bubbles. Look, and the whole that. thing that I've always kind of laughed about is when I heard about the reason why we didn't have a red snapper season was because the release mortality was so high. And first it was vent to fish, and then it was do this. You got to carry a venting tool. You got to mm -hmm. use a circle hook. Then now it's use the elevator thing and all that. And my son, two years ago, ten years old, goes, "Dad, how do they know how they're doing in a week after you let them go? <laughs> how do you know? How, I mean, no matter what you do, they don't. You you have no idea. So how right. do you figure out a release mortality? It, it's it, dude. It's all equations. I I sit through these meetings. I can't tell. I can't believe I have a single. So what's their justification for it? I don't. Though? What's that? What's their justification for it with the algorithms and the, and the numbers and what do they say? What's the answer? Well, the answer is I think right now they're at they're the at money like from a, the Pew Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> they're at every meeting, several of them, but but uh, I think they're right now at, at like a, a fifteen percent discard mortality, and they're trying to get that number down to like five or seven percent to where it'll buy back some fish. But but also they they've actually just recently, so they they have very big science boats that go out there and they set traps and they seen them last year up our yeah. way or two years ago white big white boats so Giant they traps yeah and, and so all commercial fishermen that used to trap fish will tell you that that low flat um, again i fucking getting old and i can't remember anything the name of the type trap they use it doesn't work it'll catch you all the small fish you want but it won't they a dome-shaped trap catches the the adult fish and that's all they used to fish the commercial guys did Harder to carry on the boats, but you know, stack whatever. There's issues, but they they outproduce by tons. Well, the science community doesn't use the dome trap; they use a flat one. Saying, "Well, the the, uh, the age recruitment is minute. There's fish are smaller, and it's not getting bigger. We need more years of this re extremely reduced fishery and red snapper fishery to get the the age back up, the size back up." Well, everybody that's rod and reel catching them is catching nothing but monsters. Yeah, so 20, they say, you guys are wrong. It's crazy. So two years ago, they started putting GoPros on the mouths of the, of the traps. And the first video this dude's showing at one of the council meetings like a year ago is this 20-pound sow ramming the gate, just trying to get her ass in that, that <laughs> stupid <laughs> trap. With it. And she couldn't get him. And he, he literally, the scientist whom I'd had arguments with prior and just quit to go do something else, says, she really wants in there, doesn't she? She says, yeah. You, th you think you see now why you're not seeing... As many mature fish in your traps, they want, they can't get in there. And two, you're, you're dead on the bottom too. And it's also been shown that the majority of the really big reds are well elevated off the bottom. So there's this is an interesting that you're talking about this because a couple of years ago, one of these boats was up off of Stewart, mm. and I'm looking at it and I'm I'm bottom fishing. I'm wondering, it's a research vessel, big big blue research vessel. They got cranes, and then I see polyballs floating around. I didn't know what the hell they were doing. Then I look and. At one point, I see a trap come up out of the water or go in the water, and it looked like a – looked to me from a distance, it looked like a, cr a crab trap you see on Deadliest Catch, yeah. a big rectangle or mm -hmm. square yep. thing. And, you know, all I think about is that trap when they talk about it on there is 800 pounds. And I'm, I'm looking where – and I, I called the guy on 16, and we started talking 
on a different channel. And they were working their way up the coast and they were doing spot checking for snappers and groupers or bottom fish. And I'm thinking to myself, well, first of all, a guy's dropping in the middle of fucking nowhere. He's in a mm-hmm. desert. Yep. Second of all, that was another thing. Second of all, he's dropping this trap down to the bottom and they're giving it like an hour for a fish to acclimate and come back and check it out. And I'm thinking, this thing's slamming in the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's laying three or four traps out, drifting around for a little bit, going back and pulling them up. And they did have, at this point, they did have cameras on them, I believe, yep. then too. They were talking about they would see what would not necessarily come in the trap, but what would come back and check Around it out it. from a curiosity standpoint. But it just seems so, yeah. for lack of a better term, moronic, yeah. the way they were doing this. So you know? the very first meeting I'm at, this guy's sitting here telling me about all about these traps and how they do it. And I said, I asked him, I said, well, who's running the boat? Licensed captain, whatever it is. What's his experience? Well, he's a yacht captain. He's came. He's a great captain, whatever is he a fisherman? No. I said, well, how do you come up with where you drop the trap in these traps? He says, we go on a plotter and we just whatever. And I said, dude, you, you gotta, you gotta be a fisherman to know where you're going to put your traps. There's a, you know, 10% <laughs> of the fishermen catch 90% of the fish because they're better than everybody. You go and get some yacht captain to run your boat. No slightest idea where to drop your traps. They were in the complete desert. Man. Yeah. And that's what he said. He said, well, it doesn't matter where we put them because we have to find out how many fish are scattered evenly throughout the Dude, no, you do don't. you live in the middle of the desert? Do you live in your nice, comfy house with the air conditioning and everything? Right. If you're Where not, there's a lake, and a creek, and a <laughs> Publix. What's, what's the, the argument to that is what's the point of an artificial reef program if they don't work and you don't aggregate fish to a certain yeah. area? Well, the, the current uh, science community also, the, or the leader of it, hates artificial reefs. You're not creating more fish. You're taking fish from natural bottom and they're moving them. Absolutely not. So, well, how are there still fish in the natural bottom and fish on the artificial bottom? Well, they're just split now. They're not. The arguments that you have to have with these guys. I are, think that this, the work that Bruce Marks has just recently done on Bug Shoal alone, has just proved that to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Right? There was nothing every, there. Yeah. Every artificial piece of artificial bottom the world over aggregates fish. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's uh, still fish where they used to live, too. Uh, I don't know. The arguments. Abundance. Yeah. It increases abundance. It absolutely right. increases abundance. More houses, you same deal. When they started building condos down here in South Florida, we got more people. More yeah. people. It's the same thing. It's not God, hard that's to such a good out. analogy. Common sense is like a no. superhero power. It's very, it's very lacking. And it's it's hard to come by though. It's hard to come by. You, you guys have no idea. And now it's all over the internet. These the last council meeting and this next one. And I'm worthless if I can't get in somebody's grill and and explain it to them in my manner. I feel like over the internet, I get I get nothing accomplished. So we're just yelling back and forth over damn computer lines now. Are they open to including fishermen into suggesting where these things, you know, get planted? No, I mean, not at all. Why no. not though? Isn't shouldn't their goal to be in search of the truth rather than? Not I mean, it's not just, that they want to keep it closed. That's I mean, is it politically driven? I mean, is it I special will. interest driven? I mean, that's a problem for me. So I'll tell you what happened to me. Art said it in the last couple of meetings with that secretary. I did it for two years yeah. and. Every time we got to where it was, what was supposed to be the end of the, the meetings, we were supposed to come up with recommendations for SecFree to give to the Coral Reef Initiative on how to protect corals and the water and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Every time we got to what was supposed to be the end, they were like, well, what do you guys think? I'm like, yeah, these are the recommendations. They're like, no, you know what? I think we need a few more meetings and a few more meetings and a few more meetings. And every time they did that, it was another grant and another grant and another <sighs> grant. And I got so frustrated. I said, I'm done. I'm out. I right. can't do this anymore. I can't watch you guys waste time and waste money and not get anything done and not listen to what we're telling you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, that's got to be happening all around. Not oh even just, those, I mean, yeah, well, those, any, there's a, a new scam. one. It's the, that are trying, they, their whole goal is to shut down fishing totally. Totally. Right. Like, right. Th- no, that's, what, then that's what I'm talking about with like yeah. that whole environmentalist thing, all, you know, the militant thing. You know, it's like, come on. So it started as how do we protect the coral reefs? I'm like, water quality, pretty much start with there, and that's it. Yeah. And then it always came back to no take zones. Mm-hmm. No fishing zone, okay, basically. Was, yeah. Like, yeah, can't no even take. put a hook in the water. No yeah, take, nothing. no nothing. Right. That's the thing that, that I was talking about down, earlier down, that got, that got down shot down. Too, hasn't it? Yeah, there's, the there's sections. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the thing I was talking about earlier that got shot down quickly. Remember, like a few years ago, they had, and then it didn't go that quickly. That, yeah, that and took. We had, we had well, to it, it went, it, you guys, we, I came in late, and that's when it really started because they were really, really. Uh, recommendation what was a ninety-four. I remember it was it was awful, and there were several of them, and there was even a point where they were running out of money. Look, we're broke. Right. You guys go out and do whatever you can, try to start fundraising for us. But I said, I tell you what, I guarantee you, I can raise you a ton ton of money. You drop these two initiatives, these two recommendations which were both no no fishing no mm-hmm. take no fishing no nothing and we'll put collection coral reef collection jars in every tackle shop and we'll get on social media the, and you'll load it up and you'll we'll fill we'll do we'll get you some dough just got to take those two out no nope, won't do it <laughs> go broke let me ask I'm you a out. question let me ask you a question it was the right? trojan horse to get no take zones this is yep. exactly what it was such garbage there's a new one too let me ask you a question don't take this don't get offended by this if they're not going to take your advice on where to drop these things then why are you on the council? Hoping to... No, the the worst, why, from their perspective, then why are they going to bring you in in the first place if they don't want your advice and your expertise and your opinion? By law, they have to have Equal opportunity. They, right? they had, so when I, got, when I got involved, they had to have somebody from the fishing sector in, involved. Art's on the, the main council, not like the big council. They right. make the rules. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to. As yeah. it turns out, the science community has a lot more to do it than the yeah. council there's, does. There's a few commercial fishermen on there, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ben, uh, no, ben that's Hardig's Ben Hardig's gone. No, he's, he's gone that, that's the that's out. the seat I took. That's the seat you took. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for Florida, there there aren't. There's a for all of them. There's a state representative, and then somebody that represents. There's two open seats. Generally, they'll try to get like a either for hire or commercial or and then the other one's like a recreational deal. And you know, and basically your goal or your your job is to try to bring the ideas of your your constituents, your, your fishermen that you speak to, to the table. And then I speak to a lot of commercial guys and that's kind of where I try to bring it. And then there's a, a fellow from Palm beach that, that tries to cover a lot of the recreational sector, but, and that's the case for each of the four States. But, uh, and, and North Carolina has got a, a genuine guy who makes a living commercial fishing and he, he does a great job for them. And that's really the battle is Florida and North Carolina. South Carolina and Georgia, they really just don't do enough damage to, to be too, too terribly worried about what they're doing. But they do bring the, the people that, that represent them do bring some great ideas to the table. So you, it's, but again, though, the fisheries are so freaking different, even within the state of Florida right. that. Absolutely. One inlet to the next 15 miles. That's yeah. what I've never yeah. understood treating Key West and North Carolina as the same. It's the same body thing, of water. Yeah. And, well, and they do it with the, with the Highland Migratory too. Yeah. When they closed the uh, the gag fishery for us, or the say the yeah, shallow North water, River, did that to us. It's because the fish are here in the winter time, and they migrate back to them in the summer, or yeah. and so we can't catch them. They get them all. It's and that's that's the way I took it anyway. There's that's, two spawning sessions for those too, right? Don't they spawn in the summer up there? That's well, that's thought that way now. Yes, right. So if they if that's the case, and we're here to protect the species, Shouldn't why is it closed during too? the spawn there? That's been my argument. 
after talking with Ben a few years ago, I see Ben all the time down at the mm-hmm. uh, at the marina getting fuel in the morning. We bullshit about fishing and what's going on in the bottom. And great guy, great guy, super intelligent on all of it, and just a hardcore fisherman uh, at heart. And uh, we've talked about it, and it, and then that's where my whole thing is just blasted that we treat these bodies of water all as one entity mm-hmm. right you know it's just crazy it just it, it doesn't make any sense at all to anybody that spends any time on the water so a group came in which meeting was it it was the south carolina meeting last year so it would have been september last year asking you know how where where are the flaws in this system and that was and i begged and, and i'm real tight with the george guys and i begged them hey Whatever it takes, we got to separate this shit. The, the flaw, the the single, there's two big flaws. One, rec, no recreational reporting. We truly, it's all guesswork. And that's how regulations are made, is off guessing what the recreational sector is actually catching. So the commercial sector is extremely well known. And mm-hmm. even the headboat sector, mm-hmm. you know exactly. I mean, it's all reported. You know exactly what they're taking. Yeah. But the recreational sector not having any reporting is a disaster. That's got to be improved. And then also, the region is way too diverse and too big. It just doesn't work. Pretty funny. So about, I guess, when I first started my business, so it would have been 2009, we were having some uh, kids show up from a college wearing their FWC shirt with the little board and all that. And they wanted to come up and measure fish, and they had a questionnaire. And the first couple of times, the, the, the young lady asked me the questions, how much time we spent on the water, let's do this. I said, well, hold on. Can't just write that number. We didn't. We were on the water eight hours, but we only bottom fished one hour of the day. That's why we only caught one grouper. Doesn't mean we bottom fished for eight hours. So I can't just have you fill this information out like this. So the next few times she came back, she didn't ask me the question. She asked my customers from Minnesota what the hell we were doing. (laughs) And I'm like, so I stopped doing it. You know, it's like you can't. I felt like the information was being used against me in a negative way. Right. It's uh, it's some of these answers to these questions that they ask are not yes or no answers. There has to be, and and even Minutia, if you're given an explanation, they want their grant money. They're not going to read it. Yep. You know, who's where's that paperwork right? going to go? Ding ding. If they get a favorable report, aha, <laughs> to carry the to toe the line, they get their grant money. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just. It's and you're talking about students. They don't really don't know any better. Yeah, no, you know I, what they're mean? doing what they're, but, they're, but they're, 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 they're doing yeah, what they're yeah. told. They're being pushed they're, out they're of soldiers. To learn. Yeah, they're like interns. Like yeah. they, they ride with me all the time on on the uh, headboat. Right, and I, I I get I get part of it, but uh, like I said, you know, filling out the red snapper forms. So this was another push that I made the other day on my social media. Actually, before the idea of the tax the tax man page came, we got the form. We got to fill out. We fill it all out. And it's, you know, how many hours is your trip? Eight hours. Well, we caught our limit in an hour and a half. So I put the fishing time for them, an hour and a half, make little notes. I don't really give you room to do that. But at the bottom, is there any notes? And I, I said, yeah, sharks are a real problem and need to be highly regulated. Mm-hmm. In my or area. deregulated. Or, 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 or yeah, it, sorry, mm-hmm. managed, 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 I think I put. And so I, I put a, took that photo and shared it on Facebook for every recreational guy that's going to fill this out and mail it in. If you've, if you've ever had fish eaten by a shark, let them let's, know. Let's put the comments on here. Uh-huh. Let's let them know. You know, let's, it's just like when people come red snapper fishing with me and we catch one that's 20 or 25 pounds, or we catch 10 in a day that are eight to 10 pounds. And I got to let every one of them go. And people go, why are we, why do we got to let them go? There seem to be abundant. I said, they're over, but I could go, I could go over here and really whack chicken rig and catch 150 of them if you want. Right. You know, now they're, they're all probably gonna be 16, 18 inches, but I can catch you 150 of them. In an hour, 
He's squid. And those, those are the ones I'm catching off hills for now. And I, I haven't seen, like, in certain spots where I'm catching right now, I've never, ever seen him before in my life. Yes. In, in over 30 years. Old guy, old-timer guy that I used to commercial, commercial bottom fish when I first got started, 15, 14 years old. Uh, he owned a boat called the Chamois and ran a head boat for a while with John Bogan. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way we understood it, they never really made it south of Jupiter on any level for the longest time. You know, maybe there's some down in the Keys and stuff. but uh, For sure. For Jupiter, you know, and it's weird. People come to me and they go, "Hey, we want to go catch yellowtails." I'm like, well, I don't really have yellowtails up here. I can I can go chum, you know. This yeah. one day, pretty good story. I landed on a wreck that we have out out uh, off of our inland, 140 foot, and we had been catching some jumbo bee liners on it, and, and we catch groupers and whatever else there. And I had one person with a chicken rig, one person with live bait. We caught a about a five pound yellowtail. I think it was giant, one of the biggest ones I've seen besides Eastland Harris. So drop another, catch another one. Shit. Caught six or seven of them. Tomorrow I'm coming back with chum. I'm anchoring up. I am going to waylay these things. Went back. I haven't caught another one there in three years. years. But, uh, you know, that's that's just something to say. Like, I I feel like our coral and our reef systems, correct me if I'm wrong, change as you go further north, different kinds of structures. Those yellowtails, those guys can get down and drift boat them all day long and maybe come up to the southern end of the Loran Tower and, and have good days up on the inshore reefs. But our headboats never catch yellowtails. No. Never. It's definitely crazy. Anything. And there's a spot in, in Jacksonville where a dude's whacking them. Yeah. Whacking yellowtails. Yellow yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it. And there's and the crazy thing, there's a spot in North Carolina where you would think they don't catch the yellowtails, but you would think it's South Florida with their with the species and that, that they catch on the thing. It, it's the bottom gets right, and those fish are going to be there. Huh. The the yellowtails, I don't. I've never heard of them being that, making it that far north. But then, did you know there's a Caribbean red snapper? Totally different than the American red snapper. So we've, uh, maybe, maybe this is it. So I've been catching one that I've. Is I've, it spicier? I've, I've, ca- <laughs> <laughs> I've it's spicy because when you keep it, you don't know if you're going to get in trouble or not. <laughs> I've caught a few that uh, look like a red snapper, but in their tail, tips of their tail, and their finlets, they've got a little bit of yellow or gold to them. And they got and smaller their stripe, mouth. Their stripe pattern is different. Their anal fin is slightly different. And I've taken yeah. multiple pictures, and I've just called. I almost thought they were crossed between like a schoolmaster. And, uh, and what's, a what's that red other snapper? Well, they got that other snapper too. That's that they think is a hybrid or something. But hang, I'm gonna see if I can find that picture. But we've caught maybe a half a dozen of them in the last eight or ten years, and, and catch them on a chicken rig or whatever. Nothing big, maybe four pounds or something like that. And like, ah, no, he's got just enough detail. We're gonna throw this one <laughs> in the box, and I'll have the argument. Yep. So I've actually caught two. You know, one of them and a and a red snapper mm-hmm. on a chicken rig at one time. We were able to take a picture. I'd have to go back through my my log of it and find it, but it was discernible differences. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I'll have to, we'll have to find that and put it up. John will put it up in the, yeah. in the post edit. Yeah, that's a regular red, right? Looks like a regular red to me. Yeah, y'all got to see the, you wouldn't believe you send that to John so he can throw it up on the screen. And we, are, we are wearing these things out. They're all like 17, yeah. 18 inches, but. You know, the nice thing is you're in state waters. Yeah, we can keep them all year long as long as mm-hmm. keepers. So I want to kind of see if, like, on this show, like, something could come of it rather than us just sitting here and the shark thing. giving our opinion and, and saying, hey, this, that, the other thing. Like, I'd really like to see if, like, we can accomplish something, like, if, regarding, like, plan of action, um, whether it's the tournament and developing that and maybe taking a step forward and taking action or if there's some sort of petitioning that we can do or what what is the channel that we can approach to make for lack of a better term, a positive change in this. Uh, Tim Pickett over at LP sits on the HMS council 
He goes to every meeting. I think he's on the council. I know he goes to every meeting. Definitely want to get in touch with him, and, and through him we can find out who the right people are to talk to for sure. So, and I, I can reach back out. So it's interesting. This guy kind of ghosted me after I had the conversation with him in public. He sent me an email regarding, like, when National Marine Fisheries was going to start their project in 2021 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've sent him a – I said, man, have you looked at the Facebook page and seen all the people that are having the problems? And, you know, he told me they were going to give me an exemptive permit to be able to keep fish that were out of season that mm-hmm. got bit so they could take DNA from the – I guess every shark bite leaves a, a sample of DNA and what it bites. So when I was talking to the guy, I'm like, how are we going to gather the science when I'm fishing every day and say I get shark bit for a week and then you come and there's no sharks around for a couple of days because the conditions change. We had a big swell, tide went south, right. whatever they moved, right? Shit happens. Uh, and that's a big part of what fishermen don't understand. You know, we have a red snapper season in August, which isn't the most prolific time for us to catch them. Maybe we have some cold water or we have a swell from a hurricane. Nobody catches red snapper. Oh, my God, they're depleted. That's not the case, mm-hmm. you know, in our four days that we were allotted. But uh, I, I, this guy kind of went dark on me a little bit. Um, and he said there's a budget and a proposal for, you know, science-driven data to be gathered through charter boats up and down the coast starting in 2021. Um but he hasn't replied or responded to me since I created the page. I tried to get some right. feedback from him. Uh, he worked with Harbor Branch. He sent me an email. I can, we can go over that maybe later. Maybe we, somebody else can try to reach out yeah. to him too um, and see. I, you know, again, I think we could probably all agree uh, commercial harvest is going to be the best way to do it because right. it's highly regulated, right? And that's going to prevent – people from being cowboys going out there and doing the wrong thing. Ultimately, you know, shark tournament sounds fun. And I know they have them in the mid Atlantic and the Northeast all the time. Um, But it's not going to come without some backlash for anybody who's got their name behind it, you know? So there's definitely a risk involved with Mm -hmm. it. Um, And uh, you know, I guess you would never really, as the saying goes, you don't know till you go when, how bad it's going to be. But you know, I think we're all in agreeing something needs to be done. There's been some petitions. I don't know if you saw them. They were started on the, on the the page. Um, but I don't know how far those things go, man. Yeah, they got the signatures that they needed for what people were doing. But you know, I, did, I didn't see them. What were they for? Uh, one of them was for opening back up the shark fishing commercially, that it was sustainable. Uh, another one was for not feeding them. You know, they shut the dive operations down. I I was looking through earlier when we were talking about it. I was kind of looking through this paper, which has some information regarding that bill that we talked about earlier. And I think that's really a key component to all this is that not getting signed. Um, I think ultimately um, Ronnie's got to sign off on it. So um, Uh if if he doesn't, then, then it's, it's kind of dead in the water, right? Then you found it. Yeah. The Delft boys called it down there. I guess they catch them from time to time. But you can see it's a totally different fish. Yeah, the mouth looks different. Amanda and Emily caught it? No, no, the Delph. Oh, the Delph. I thought you said Gale Force. Delph boys down at Key West. Nice. We'll get get that over to John. He'll he'll put that up so everyone can see. um, So I think if DeSantis doesn't sign off on that bill, um, then there's other components to it as well um, regarding – you know, if you know, he feels like uh, to determine state shark fishermen are fishing sustainably enough to remove the bill's 2025 cutoff, because there's also a 2025 cutoff for anyone that does have you know what I, that I, license now. Yeah, right? I've got a friend in that, that helps me out a lot here with this with this fishery stuff that she can 
she, I mean, I, I think she can straight speak directly to him even and, and, and help. There. I'm going to bring Just her on yeah. the show. Yeah, she could probably, I, I'm, is she local? She's a lobbyist. No, no, she, she lives in Tallahassee. She's a, okay. She's a, she's a fisheries lobbyist. Basically. She's sharp cookie too. I like her. <laughs> yeah. Kelly. That's what I'm thinking of, right? Kelly. Yeah. 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 She's, right. yeah. she's extremely sharp. Well, maybe we can bring her in on a zoom for, for an excerpt or one of the, she's not a lot. She might be you know, it'd be interesting to have in here. I think at least from what I've read, Obviously, we do fella Thomas. That's on yeah, there. yeah, well, without you know, a doubt. Yeah, he would from, be, he'd you be know, cool. from the commercial and the scientific aspect, and 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 he may have from the guys that have to ride with him and the people that he has to deal with. He may be a person to just totally get involved anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. he knows all the right people. He does know the right people, so he may be. Yeah, that'd be good. Because, like I said, I mean, I do want this conversation to accomplish something if possible you know because we can sit there and talk about it till we're blue in the face and those in legislation are going to come just look at this show and just laugh at us and just be like yeah whatever you guys are just talking about it doesn't really matter because we got the pen mm-hmm. right but, I, think I think it starts with removing the nuisance ones that have already learned the bad habits and then not letting them learn learn those habits again mm-hmm. which one probably starts with the shark feeding right and then who knows how it goes from there you know yeah what about even like I know you said about seasons for the divers and everything that was a great idea, but what about also just opening up seasons for fishermen too? Well, again, you're talking about legislation today for shark fishing, right. yeah. And who wants to do, who wants to go? That's the thing. There's so who wants to fiddle with them, right? I don't yeah, know. A lot of guys There's got to be grants, right? I don't want to kill for it to happen. Yeah, that's I mean, the I, thing. That's the thing. It's like you I've know, no people like I don't want to unblur that line. People think we're just out hacking up sharks and I don't want to hook them. I want nothing to do with them. Period. Right. I mean, charter fishing, we've got, I've only had a few guys in the however many years, and they were kids, and they wanted to catch a shark, and we hook up on a shark, and guess what? My fat ass, 15 minutes later. You're cranking on them. Exactly. It's just like butterfly jigging. Hey, big cap, can we go do this? Yeah, here, this is what you do. Right. Five minutes two later. Dro- two drops later, we've lost three jigs, and now they're too tired to <laughs> jig. Tired. So yep. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. We just had Mike Lipsky on last week. He was talking about this slow pitch jigging, and. You know, now that's a little bit more uh, easier on the on the back. But. Yeah. You know what pisses me off more than anything too is, I, I I don't I don't even know why I've got an anchor on my boat anymore. I don't anchor fish anymore. Right. Can't. Second that anchor hits the bottom, they're sitting under you, waiting for you. It's true. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of power fishing. Got to. Yeah. Can't do anything else. Yeah. And that used to be a great and fun method. You anchor down and you caught you know flew kite. You caught all kinds of shit yeah. bottom fishing and it's just not an option anymore. Current's blowing too hard. Bottom fishing ain't gonna happen. It's mm-hmm. drifting your blazing by and and fast current when your anchor fishing works it's usually good yeah you can't do it it's aggravating it's tough it's tough i, I mean i hope my whole goal from coming here and starting that page mm-hmm. was to start with awareness right you know i'm not uh, obviously art which i didn't know before this meeting how involved he was mm-hmm. you know and and there's guys that that uh have much more knowledge on the situation than i do from a science standpoint and all that, but I, think I don't, dude, they don't No, well, I'm, not saying, the, I'm not saying the scientists the rules, do. Maybe. I'm saying, the, I'm saying yeah. the fishermen that have been involved that go to the meetings or find time to go yep. to the meetings and stuff like that. I'm not saying the guys that are pushing a pencil have any knowledge. Cause when we did, when I went to the red snapper meetings years ago, when they made the proposal and we went in and there was a couple hundred fishermen, they had a stoplight and you could talk. And then when yep. the light turned red, you had to shut up mm-hmm. and, and it like, it lasted like 30 seconds. That's mm-hmm. about all you got yep. to say. You know, that, that kind of was the last meeting that I ever went to. Yeah. It just didn't look right. That, the last sense. one I went for that was when, remember when they closed the Vermillions? Right. I went to one up in, where was I? St. Augustine or somewhere way up north. And all those people were in there. I'm like, I'm like, well, we're, the science 
is telling you this, and we're seeing this. It's the same yeah. thing with the red snappers, yeah. you know? Oh, with, with the majority of fish that we, we regulate. It, dude, la- at the last meeting, they started to bring up bonitas, false albacore. You know, we're just, guys, we can't regulate what you've got on a plate right now. you got an overabundance of these things. Just shut up. Stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk about regulating bonitas. Going back to that taxman page that you created and what you just said, the expl- explanation of, you know, why you created it to raise awareness and everything. And it's like, obviously, that's what sparked this episode today. Um, I think it's a commendable thing. And like he was saying, he was surprised that there wasn't something already out there about it. So that in itself is a positive step forward. Sure, without a doubt. You've done a great thing. I don't want you to sell yourself short on that. You're doing a great thing by... You know, raising awareness and, and obviously, and you're putting right. yourself at risk a little bit because, like you yeah. say, it's you're I'm sure you're taking a beating, but it, there's say, definitely been some blowback. Like, there's been a little bit of blowback, but I mean, most people have been nice about it. The, the problem that I've had with with it is I'm encouraged to try to have the dialogue with the divers and other people, right? Yeah. And you get people on there that don't care, and it's a reflection on me because I'm an administrator, and that's why I put that little thing on there that. Now, I don't condone the sense yep. of killing of sharks. This is not what this yep. is about. This is about awareness and trying to figure out a way to to create a problem or a solution for, for everybody that makes a living on the water. And I think we all have that right to do that, but it has to be sustainable for everybody involved. Um, and, and when people start butting heads and I have to remove people or block conversations, that's where I fear a little more backlash mm-hmm. to my personal business yeah. or somebody goes, well, you kicked me off the fucking page. Right. Well, look, I just set some guidelines out. Let's have a civil conversation. Let's not call people names. If you don't have anything sensible to say, just refrain from saying it. And it's so hard for people and to do it. And there has been a couple of really good There's been dialogue. some great yeah. dialogue. Some really yeah. good posts. There's like intelligent, civil, and, you know, and even, I hate going back to the diver guys, but a couple of them coming in and say, yes, you know, there there is a problem. You know, this yeah. isn't right. They shouldn't be like this, you know, so. Yeah, I know a lot of guys are just posting their pictures up of half-eaten fish and saying, "Look, it happened to me too." And yeah. you know what I mean. Well, but that's okay. That's fine. That, and that's fine. Be, but like you said, there is some important I dialogue on the page. I encourage that though as well because I think the yeah. more ammo that you have, the better yeah. opportunity. Now, that's what data. I, I see people, I see people posting pictures where they've got something that to me it looks like a cuda cut it off. Yeah. You know, because that that crescent shaped bite is what you're going to see from yeah. a shark, and we're seeing some bites where there's clean cuts and stuff. I appreciate people showing pictures of Mako's eating stuff. That's cool, but that's not a problem, Shark. That's and and I don't want to remove those people's. If posts. that happens, I'm like hell yeah. yes. I don't want to remove that post because I yeah. don't want to not encourage the people to still be a part of the of the of the of the, the group and the movement or whatever you want to call it. However, it's not it's not the direction that I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, the direction is for the nuisance sharks and to try to find yeah. a a solution to the problem. And well, you can't, it's hard to manage. Yeah, you you got to be careful too, though. You don't want to regulate. Listen, if you've got a shark predation situation of any kind, show it. Don't, don't We can't look as though we're agenda-driven. Only show sandbar bull shark type yeah. situations. No, because clearly that's our agenda is to get work done on them. Right. But if we start set, pointing out an agenda, then that's the whole world is agenda-driven, and I don't right. want to ever be linked into that. It's, no, that's a good show point. Show it all. But that's then I would also, point. I mean, I would, love, I would like to talk to shark experts. A sailfish cannot be... A uh, sandbar shark's natural food. No, no, yeah. no, right. no, they're too fast. Or a bull shark, you know. Yeah. I, you know, a mako. I would say is the only. A mako is probably a natural predator of, you know, on a, on and a even then fish. they got to they got to put the creep on them. Yep, right. I think the the natural predator situation has changed for a lot of these species of sharks. Yep. You know, they've just become uh, honed in on mm-hmm. the boat noise, and they mm-hmm. become 
adapted mm-hmm. to being successfully opportunistic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even a kingfish, dude. A sandbar shark's not running a king mackerel down naturally. Right. No, There's no got to be something going on. The fish has got to be wounded. Some... That so, said, I did watch a giant hammerhead run a big king down in Ocean Reef, commercial yellowtail, in 100 years ago. Really? Yeah, on the surface, slick, calm, just sun just came up, and the kingfish was skipping like a fucking ballyhoo. <laughs> and all you saw was that big old sickle from that hammerhead. And they, That's pretty cool. And he got him maybe 40 feet That must have looked badass. It was unbelievable. Dude, a big king. I'm not like a 40, 50 pounder with right. belly skipping. And he got plowed right behind us. It was unbelievable. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's natural setting and for sure. I mean, and, you know, to the point of you're talking about with all the people that are on the page and extreme points of view, and it's like I even hesitate bringing anyone on the show here that's got an extreme point of view on anything. Like there are certain – Guys that, you know, maybe outliers. Yeah, that that are that are going to, you know, take that brand to themselves and be proud of it. It's like I, I won't bring them on the show. It's like I, I want pe- open minded people that, that r- want to come up with real solutions and talk about real topics that are meaningful, you know, to everyone. That's that's just true to the sport, you know, and that that's really the bottom line. I, like The extreme guys, have, I have no interest in that. That's the only way you can. Might get you some ratings, though. You know. Yeah, but it's, that's, that's the thing, though, man. I really, that's not my goal. My, my goal is just to be as genuine and authentic as possible on this show. I think one of the more unique things that I've seen, and I haven't been in the business nearly as long, but having been a commercial fisherman, having worked on private boats and traveled around the world, and now having had my own business, I've seen a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I had my own commercial licenses when I started my business to supplement my income while I grew and create fishing reports. And I got rid of them because, honestly, having a commercial license and doing all the paperwork is a pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> right? Filling shit out on the days yeah. that I don't fish. Mm-hmm. How many times do you remember to do that? You know? Yeah. So, and it's only gotten harder. You know? It's only gotten Dude, worse. Dude, that's coming to our industry now, too. I did the same thing. Got out of most of the commercial stuff. Yeah, but now we we got to enter everything in that we catch every day yeah. and do all that. I know the headboats have been doing it for a we while. We don't anymore because we're – I'm state water, so. Okay. You're going too soon, though. It's, it's going to – it's all coming back around. But it, but it was, and it was totally – no, I, I know guys up and down the coach or the coast, uh, you know, part of the guys. They would sit in their house for a day and a half and just knock out all the reports. Right. They, yeah. it, it, so it was 150 grunts, oh. 23 <laughs> spots. Yeah. No, but it was like it wasn't what they caught. It was just it, wasn't that accurate. it was just Filling guessing. Out, all yeah. right, whatever you know, go. So I, I just got the kind of the thing that I find most unique about the site and and probably intriguing is the fact that. Divers, both recreational and commercial, fishermen, both sporties, commercial fishermen and charter fishermen, kind of all united on one topic. And that's pretty fucking hard to do. Mm -hmm. Very uncommon. Most every time we're button heads on something. There's a common bond here that's been created. And when I said that there's millions of hours on the water by the people on there, that's not an exaggeration. Mm -hmm. There's not an exaggeration of the experience that's on that site. So, and, and for that to not be worth something, it's me, called citizen yeah. science. And I, yeah. It's exactly it's it. I mean, something. listen, listen, this is this is why this is such a topic on the show. The name of the show is Connected by Water, not Separated by Water. Right. You know what I mean? This, this is something I think that really can bring everyone together on, on, on a so, on a topic. And, you know, to that point, if there's someone out there listening to this show right now that has a conflicting opinion on it, that a valid conflicting opinion on it. Like you're a professional in this industry. You got some numbers to back it up or you have a high, like a, a solid mm-hmm. opinion on this. I'd, I'd love to hear from you, have you on the show. And I don't want to close you out. That's no way. The point you're not, you're not, this doesn't exist though. There's plenty of people that have different opinions, mm-hmm. but they don't spend the time on the water that the guy, cause mm-hmm. did, if you did, you'd see it. You would not, 
deny the issue. Well, I'm talking more like members of the dive community if they want to, you know, stand up for something or say, you know, or maybe maybe someone that is more of, more of like a marine biologist, you know, circumstance that that can come in and have a different opinion on it. There's one place that they can stand up, and, and, and that's saying that they don't want their industry to go away or to be reduced. They want to continue seeing 50 sharks on every time they jump in the water. Mm-hmm. But they cannot possibly say that that has not had some effect. What they're doing has had, had Look, an effect on the, fish, on the it's sharks. It's been admitted on yeah. some of their pages. Right, People said. have taken photos and sent them to me. Like, you know, they've bragged about changing the migratory pattern. So, mm-hmm. I, and I don't want to get pissy about it, but there was a big conversation on there about migratory patterns. And we go back to what I, the guy said about the tiger, tiger. shark. It's like, look, maybe there would be 10 or 15 of them there. If mm-hmm. he was able to go and migrate and come back, you Reproduce. know, who knows? Yep. So it's just, we're humans have interfered with a lot of stuff, but you know, through our lives, through some kind of management far before any of us have ever been around, there's been people making rules up and laws mm-hmm. and regulations and stuff. But, you know, to, to not have, to be able to to chum and hand feed sharks, an apex predator that seems to be out of control on some level in population, mm-hmm. at least in our area, up and down the coast, and not be able to feed gators from a safety standpoint or bears or other stuff, I don't know where there's a disconnect in that, you know. It's it, not normal. It seems, it seems it's pretty. not natural. It seems pretty simple to say it's not right to do. Common sense. Know? Right. For sure. Uh, eventually, it's going to create a problem. And right now, it's created a problem that's detrimental to fisheries. Well, if it continues to go on for a few more years and, and there's a depletion in fish, then it's going to be a problem turned directed towards humans, you know, right. if not sooner. And I think we already see that in the guys diving that are getting chased out of the water, that are getting bit. Mm-hmm. That are, They're admitting we've never seen this before. The right. attitude when we get in the water. When I was a kid, I used to free dive in the Bahamas. I remember... The boss man told me one time when I was go with his kids and I was mating on their boat, and he says, look, he says, you guys go shoot. The hog snappers around the head. If, if the bull sharks come in or whatever, I want you out of the water. But the other ones are in the water, the lemon sharks and whatever there. You can stay in the water. A couple Just, of you defend each other. But as soon as they get an arch in their back, get out of the water. And I'm even, I said, like a pissed-off cat, Bobby? He said, yeah. Pretty get much, my, yep. Get my boys out of the water. I mean, you look at some of these guys that are talking. They said they get in the water, and they're like that. They're already there. They even... Yeah. They're just jacked up. You just can tell. Roll. They're not just cruising around. They're darting around. They're yep. fired up. Mm-hmm. They're ready. They know something's coming. Mm-hmm. And that, that was studied a long time That's ago. That's unstable. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, you know. That goes back to uh, 0203 when all those gags were on the tugs. Remember the guy that had the little blue dive boat? Oh, yeah. They said that they could hear him pull the bands on, yeah. his, on his gun. And they were on. As soon as he pulled the, the bands, they were there. And, and the guy guys. would continue shooting him and feed a couple of sharks. And get yep. Right. And this isn't all just hearsay, too. There's plenty of video evidence to support oh. all this, too. Well, he, we talked about citizen science a little bit ago. And, and to me, that is the most valuable science. Well, I think it, if it's got 5% of the decision-making power in fisheries management, I'd be surprised. I think it's less than that. And, it, and they've never come out with, it, with an actual, you know, order of so our science or whatever, citizen science, all their different things that go into their equations that, that create fisheries management. Mm-hmm. To me, citizen science ought to be 80% of the decision-making because that's a day-to-day guys that are seeing it. And it's, it's just not the case. They don't, they don't put near enough value in, in citizen science, in my opinion. I got to feel like there's not having been involved like art has or skip in the past, but there's so much involved with the pieces of the puzzle for our daily grind of fishing, right? Whether we're charter fishing or whatever, the current, 
the water temperature, the water quality, the bait, the this, the that, the time of the are day. Are the fish the even days. there? <laughs> are the fish there? And then you have you have a questionnaire that's asked one day, or you have somebody yep. show up to measure your fish one day, but they don't ask about the conditions, or that you had a cold up cold water upwelling for two and a half weeks here and, and yep. part of this time. And it happened with our red snapper season here a few times. Uh, where they moved some days, and, and we laughed about it. Like, okay, August, September, really? Like, mm-hmm. worst months? Okay, November now, great. It's going to blow 25. You're only mm-hmm. going to have three boats go fish. You're going to look at the numbers and say they're depleted just because yep. they're going off the paper data, not what the conditions were in North Carolina or North Florida, or that boats couldn't yep. physically go. Mm-hmm. You know, that data is not thrown into the science, and that's a big missing factor, in my opinion. Dad. It is now a little bit more so with because it's such a limited season. For red snappers, anyway, like, like year, this year they had they had reasonable weather for for the most part. And, Correct. But last year it was it was basically north of St. Augustine. It was unfishable, and but the still, guys got wrecked. the the reasonable weather that guys can go on my form it doesn't say hey we have cold water and I shot my yeah. leads with a temperature gun and they're fifty degrees and I haven't caught a bottom fish here in a week. There's yep. nowhere to say that. Yep. You know, there's it's so there there's still some flaws in it. You mm-hmm. know that. that and, and I don't even know if that information was ever written down, if it would be taken into consideration, you know. That's no, just, not unless it's suited to their agenda, too, which is logical. Right. I mean, I think we hit on that with the, with the whole grant money. And, it, yeah. like, here's the thing. Like, if you talk about this, the citizen, you know, science. science and all that behind it, it's like, well, I don't there's, think there's any hope for that if they're not even going to listen to you on the damn board. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I would agree totally. That's why I say it's five percent of their of their equation. I mean, so I think that internally needs to change, but the almighty dollar is going to talk. There yeah. were days I, on that thing. I, I went to lunch and never came back. I was so frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's, that's it's disheartening because you hear that from most fishermen that go, and I think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of guys just say, "I'm not going to go to the meeting." Yeah, yeah but the, the, but I want to point that but out on the show. I mean, it, you talk about raising awareness. You know what I mean? There's things that, like the general person doesn't know and understand that that happens. They just see that you're on the board and you, they just assume that you're taking care of things. Right. But if they understand a little bit that there's a, you, you are fighting an uphill battle yeah. when you go to those meetings, then maybe something could be done about that. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But it's at least worth talking about. Yeah. But the council takes such a beating too, because the, the people on the council for the most part are extremely well-intentioned and, and trying to do the best they can, but, so handcuffed by the science community. And then I swear to God, we're the punching bag because the council has absolutely nothing to do with how many days you get to fish or when the dates are even for that matter. The NIMS National Marine Fishery Service comes and says, okay, due to the collection of data that we got, these are the days, these are the, these are how many days and these are the days. What, are you, what the fuck am I doing here all this time? And in red snapper are for me, highly concerning for my constituents. I can give a rat's ass. It got nothing to do with what we do down here, mm-hmm. but it's become extremely important because of how important it is to you guys up right. there and in, in north. But it, it's such a, a headache. And then you look on social media, and the council members are taking, or the council itself is taking a beating. We had absolutely zero control or anything to do with with what the dates are and how many days there are. But the wow. science community sitting over there in their corner doing their thing, and it, and for them, it's not. They get their money no matter what. I mean, they, and it didn't. Enough. It's government always, you know, short changes. Right. But it's enough that they're making a living and they're trying to do, do your it, job right. I don't care how much you're getting. Do your job right. But for whatever reason. Is it a dog and pony show? It feels like it to me. I, I don't. 
You know, that goes on. I don't want to put you in a bad spot by asking that. I mean, I got to go to meetings with these people, but they already know. I'm, I right. mean, I'm very vocal how much I think they're shit science is, especially on the recreational side. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. We're going to put a big shit science sign right when you come <laughs> on the <laughs> Apple yeah. I'll tell you, it's something that I heard the other day, which kind of, it, it's an analogy in a sorts to the what's going on. But the lady that was attacked and killed up in, Maine or whatever mm-hmm. by the Great White yeah. Shark a week ago. Maine National News. So they started, you know, everything came up. Of course, and it's alarming now. Oh, should we do something with the White Shark? Should we do this? And they had the guy from O-Surge come on, and they did an interview with him. And he said, look, he said uh, the White Sharks are only beneficial to the environment, especially in this area where this happened. He said, and 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 the, what caught my attention was he said they're highly beneficial to the fisheries. And he goes, if we regulate the white or control the white shark population in areas where there's huge seal populations, the fisheries will be wiped out. Seals eat he them says up. the mm-hmm. seals are kept in check by the white sharks. So it's a balance. We need to we need to continue to keep that balance until the white sharks brought back to two apex predators in that situation. Right. We ain't got two. Right. You got one. one. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. You know, it's 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 kind of an analogy but not really in the sense you know we have a problem going on here and our sharks here are the seals yep. <laughs> and they're eating everything well, they're the and seals who, and, and the sharks and who, who our great white shark is are the people that are regulating us and not observing mm-hmm. to yep. the sharks eating the fish like i go back to well, it again how can you have a regulation on the fish we're the great white sharks okay but they're te- they've, they've already Cut our throats. They've already killed all the white okay. sharks. Yeah, you us. say that too. Well, I say us. I should say the commercial. Well, I think the regu- I think the regulation and, and us go hand in hand in that respect. So right? very possible. It's, it's one body you know? of yeah. It's yeah. getting cut off. But how do you have a controllable and science driven regulation on an angler when they can lose ten times their allowable quota for the day to sharks? Yeah, you listen to guys like that. They're on the boards. Right. That's hope, how you do it. But, right, you but, listen to these guys, but right. that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. That's my point. We're trying years. to raise awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, here's the thing. Years. Here's the cool thing about Art being on that council, right? He really cares. He's got a lot of heart about it. You know what I mean? He's not doing it just for clout or right. just for so, status. So they come in three-year terms. You get, you're allowed three three-year terms. My first three-year terms, I'm starting my third year right now at the September meeting. And and me and a guy that came out at the same time from Georgia, dude, are we going to keep banging our heads against the wall like this? You come home every day at the uh, it's it's five days of council meetings. At the end of the day, your head is thumping. You're so fucking angry. Oh yeah, and and it physically uncomfortable, and it, and it goes on for the whole week. And it takes a week to sort through all the shit that just went down and trying to finally settle back down and getting into your real life. I don't know if I want this headache. They make anymore, it difficult dude. for you, oh, right? I mean, oh, it's, physically uncomfortable. Yeah, right, sick to your stomach. Your head's pounding. You're so fucking angry because they're screwing it up so badly, and you know it. And, and even within the, the states, like, reasonable regulation, especially on the recreational side, is crucial. 60 mahis is f- stupid. Yeah. No, we're not having a successful trip in North Carolina if we don't kill 60 mahis. And I just saw some boats in the Keys crying for years now that our mahi fishery is decimated. We're, just saw some boats. They had some good fishing for a couple of days. They killed 60 fish. Right. Boat. They fill in the, and they're filling them all in a 55-gallon trash can. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they're all this big. So, right. And they, no, they had some quality I, fish. They had some nice yeah, fish. You see that every once in a while. You know, mahis is a tricky thing. I, I, I certainly agree with the uh, the quota. The number needs to come way down. The problem that I have is, you know, from a 
people trying to measure a fish that's 20 inches or 20, they, you kill the fucking you fish kill when the you thing. try to yeah. measure it. No, I so reduce, quote, qu- reduce your, your limits raise the, raise the and limit get rid of the, or get rid of it. Well, yeah. you get rid of the measurement. You, you don't, whatever. If, if, if you hook it and it's bleeding, throw it in a box. Right. But you're allowed five per person, 20 fish was where I would love to be. I'm going to be lucky if I can get it to 40 fish. But I would love to see 20 fish a boat, five per person, whichever's greater. It's plenty. Go. Yeah. In Canada, the the fishery up there, they're they're super strict. So if you're going to go bass fishing and keep your bass, the first, I think the limit's two per person. The first two fish you catch, no matter what size, you're done. They catch you bass fishing, you're done. So there's no release fishery at all. You can't keep release fishing. Unless you're, I mean, there, there's stipulations on it on how you fish for them. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. I don't even... <laughs> no. Wait, there you go, Skip. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you keep your two yeah. and you're done. Yeah. You know, well, like I, I want to be able to keep fishing and releasing shit, though. I you think know? I don't that's, want... But I think that that goes to with part of why they don't want to have a size limit on the red snappers because they hope everybody's going to keep the first two they catch. That's not, or the first yeah. one that they catch. That's not what happens. Shit ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that there's a there's a double-edged right. sword there, too, you know, not yeah. having a size limit. And then people go, oh, well, I can only keep five now because I'm by mm-hmm. myself. I'm going to let Take them all go, biggest. whether they're bleeding or whatnot. I'm going to keep the five biggest, you know. So it, no matter what you do, there's a there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a fine trade-off. line there. There's a fine line. I get it every day. Like, oh, I got a 19-inch red grouper. That's obviously not, not going to make it. Right. Yeah. Like, why can't we keep it? I'm like, well, it's, it's illegal. It's part of the, that's the rules. And then people from the middle of the country would be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That fish is going to get wasted. Yep. So. Well, it, it, that said, not necessarily. It goes back to the environment. Yeah, I mean, you know, it feeds the, it feeds the environment. It feeds the Feeds the, the sandbar sharks. Yeah, pretty much now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. And now here's a, here's a catch. You see these guys catching these half-bit fish and everything. Regulation's still there. You might catch 20-pound mutton that got bit in half and doesn't make. 18 inches, fish is illegal. Yeah. But you see, they're doing it regularly. Yeah. Which any law enforcement officer that busted you on that it, it has no business being in law enforcement. Right. But the reality is that is the letter of the law. You could beat the rap, but you wouldn't beat yeah, the ride. That's a possession. You, you would get a ticket, but you could beat it, I'm sure. The, uh, you know, that's that was one thing that I thought you was unique about this guy, Matt, that I was talking to from Harbor Branch. We were talking yeah. about, I said, look, I said, you're going to book a few days, but... With my schedule, you're going to have to book stuff in advance, thankfully. And, you know, it might come and the conditions might not be good. But I can collect data for you the whole time. I can collect mm-hmm. fish that are half eaten, but I need a permit to be able to bring them in. And he said, well, we can get you in whatever other charter boats. I think they called it an exemption permit yeah, or yeah. whatever. Exempted fish. They, they wanted to collect the carcasses so they could sample the DNA, you know, and, and figure out what kind of sharks were more of a problem or were eating the fish in an area. How about you just ask because we know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, we got that's pictures exactly why I just, it, exactly why I just so, exhaled. You know, this is, this yeah. is we've, I've said it to the guy, and this is part of why I started the page, so they could start looking at the photos and seeing how many have the crescent-shaped bite and how many people are showing videos in the diving community of these sharks running rampant everywhere, you know? that's I thought that was a good start for the data. And like I said, unfortunately yep. I've reached out to the guy half a dozen times since the page started. Hey, have you seen it? Hey, we checked this out. What do you think? Give me some input. No, no response. Yeah. No response Th- that's we'll follow up. Did you, I'm sure y'all, I don't know if y'all saw the, there's a, the kayak fishery that has exploded, which has its issues and, and get, yep. but it's bringing people to the fish, to the fishery that couldn't afford to otherwise on their own, which I, so I love it though. There's, you know, there's some conflict, but so there's a chick that caught a real nice tuna, Lost a rod overboard. It was insane. It's a really cool video, though. 
and she somehow gets a gaff in his tuna and gets in her little, she got a cute little fish bag on the kayak. It's, I mean, it's really a cool setup. And, dude, the sandbar sharks are on her, like, no tomorrow. I mean, this thing is bleeding like a goat where she gaffed it. And the thing's literally all but nuzzling the side of the kayak. I mean, there's a safety issue right. here. Absolutely. For those, and, I mean, are you putting yourself in that situation? Yes, but you should be able to go do that and not run the risk of getting capsized by fucking sandbar sharks. Yeah. Right, it's true. We, 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 um, one of our ambassadors here at Connected by Water, Leandro, he's a kayak fisherman and he's got videos of sharks around him all the time. And yeah. he's just like sitting there video laughing. Dude, like, this, yeah, well, this chick yeah. is doing the same thing. I mean, this thing was literally at, face out of the water, like nuzzling the side. Dude, she's got that much freeboard. Her leg is right there. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. No, thank you. No, you know no, what's they, impressive too is to see where I can go to a spot and I'll shut down there and I'll, I'll, Look around the bottoms, try to mark some groupers or snappers or whatever, maybe mark some jacks. And then you mark that snaky yep. line. Like, yep. okay, there's a shark here. And pick up and move a mile, and you get one or two drops, and then those yep. sharks are there. And then you get a look at them. You see the scar on the fin or the scar on the head, and you move another two miles. And you see you get a couple <laughs> drops, and there's the same freaking shark. Yep. You know, I mean, he's got you now. He it's uncanny. They, ho- they hone they in on the hum of that motor. And, uh, you're done once that happens. See, well, here's the thing, too, is science community will hear that story right there and say, see, I told you it's not a bunch of sharks. It's one shark. Right. That you keep seeing. Well, how is it I'm seeing them, and then every other boat around here right. has got them on them, too? It's yeah. not one shark. It's, it's that one shark's on me. No, and that's not that's that's definitely the rare of the occasion, but it just shows that one can be a huge detriment as well. You yep. know? But then you times that time, sometimes there's hundreds. One educated mm-hmm. shark is right. a major, just like one educated bear is or, a major issue. Or one edu- right. educated, educated shark. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> can oh, can the, you guys even pull to... dredges up there where you're at? Sharks getting in the dredges? Well, made, uh, we haven't had much issue with that during the wintertime. Uh, like a strip dredge, you can put a dredge out? Put a strip dredge out. Like on the, on the ledge, you cannot put a dredge in the water. Really? Anything, anything it's, shiny, it, anything, they're it's, coming. It's yeah. instant. I had one, uh, I built this nice, fancy-looking dredge. I, you know why? Because cool the guys stuff. used to hang the CDs in the water for, for their teasers. Wahoo diving. Yeah. For Wahoo diving and for Cobias to attract yeah. the sharks to shoot the, they would shoot the sharks off. They would make the flasher dredges. Yep. That's, or they're all flasher about teasers no. that yeah. dangle in the water. I found these cool but, uh, little, I, I found them off a freshwater website. These little, like, they look like ballyhoos. They're, like, this long. They're, like, eight of them in a row. They're all down there flashing and... One came through and wow. the whole thing. <laughs> First day out. So, so I used to hang a, a white marlin silhouette behind my dredge on occasion, and and it's a big rubber, black rubber, white marlin looking thing. <laughs> you know the the sharks wanted that bad. They were back there for about two days. Black rubber, fucking black plowed. Probably thought it was a seal. Well, no, it looks like a sailfish. It, and and there's no better chum than a fish in your spread. You know, yeah, you get right. one fish, but right. you can get more. Well, that was the theory. It, and it worked once, and then it worked again for the sharks, and they ate it. <laughs> Sayonara. I imagine um, the Canadian um, regulation officers, they pull up into your boat with, like, wearing Mountie hats. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got some hey, strange, how many bass do you catch today? They got some strange uh, uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, the, the blue up there, you, you get five bites. Your rod loads over five times. That's it. Go home. Yeah. This is the craziest thing I ever heard. Whether you caught him or not, your rod loads up five times. You got five bites. Time to go home. Yeah. So if you get like you get that early bite, like before eight a.m., your day you miss all five of them somehow, which isn't likely. But right, or you hook a seal. They do that shit up there a lot. Mm -hmm. That counts. You're done. That's your charter. Yeah. How do seals fight? I'm told they 
rip like a bluefin. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Uh, yeah. Steve-O was telling me one time they got first bait in order to get bit. Up in Nova over. Scotia? Yeah, at 1.30, yeah. she's just ripping off like no tomorrow. Like, right. and it, uh-oh, coming up. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we hooked the seal. Oh, oh man. Steve-O. <laughs> yeah, cool. How well, was Steve? I, I missed the Steve-O show. Uh, no, Steve Steve show so good. Yeah, yeah it's um, Steve a trip. I love my yeah, Steve. He loves coming on the show, man. It's you know, he yeah. just likes making jokes. You know, yeah. I think the whole time it's kind of funny, but yeah. yeah. And how about he got a new gig there with yeah, within the bite too? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just Steve Doherty, he's moved on to bigger yeah. and better things over at In the Bite Magazine and editor um, in chief. Right? Yeah, editor in chief. Yeah. So um, we wish him all the best luck. I talked to him the other day. He says he's loving it. Yeah. Good. So he's saying, um, you know, whatever, you know. He's really, really happy with that position. So, um, and we have um, now we just recently hired the art director, um, former art director from Florida Sport Fishing Magazine, Brian really? Freda, and now is working here as cool. one of our designers. So nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. And how, uh, you know, the industry just connected evolves. By water, and goes connected yeah, connected. By water. I was just going to say that. That's it. So, um, all right. Well, we've touched on a lot of good topics today, right? Or, or a lot of nuances centered to one around, topic yeah. and centered around the one topic. Um, and I really want to thank you for making the drive down uh, no from problem. Jensen Beach today. Um, so your uh, charter, um, Daymaker Charters, yes, sir. Um, where can they find that at? Uh, in the internet or on Facebook. What's Instagram. the dot com? Or? Uh, Daymakerfishing.com, store Florida Fishing Charters. Yep. Okay. Either one. All right. Well, we'll throw that up on the screen. And, um, Appreciate it. If you guys are ever in the Jensen Beach area and you want a knowledgeable captain for your offshore experience. Epic shark charters. <laughs> Epic shark charters. <laughs> Summertime <laughs> sales, dude. Shark I research. just want to go up and go lane snapper fishing. They catch these monster lane snappers. Yeah. It's going to get good after this blow, too. The last, last, yeah. After the last couple blows we had... Uh, Matthew and all that. It just got epic. Our red grouper fishing and our lane snapper fishing got out of control. Nice. Red groupers don't exist anymore. Didn't you know that? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's an interesting, real quick before we end this thing, the, the signs on that one is they've been regulating red snappers almost, as, not quite as long, but almost as long as they have Nassau groupers. And some fish are just not meant to be regulated. They're going to do it. They're either going to go away or they're not. Like, there's still some Nassau groupers around. Well, you've not been allowed to kill a Nassau grouper in the States since I was Four years old. Forever. Mm-hmm. There ain't any more Nassau groupers today than there were when I was four years old. Right. And it's the same thing with red snap or red groupers. They've been regulating and regulating and regulating. There's as many red groupers now as there was when they first started regulating. It's just that's what the fish is going to do. Regulate right. the hell out yeah, of them. We had a drift boat up there, uh, Mike Murray, that owned the Matanza. There's a little, I had a little 10-pack boat for a while, and he tagged hundreds of those damn things when that tagging program went on for yep. the FWC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've... Uh, every day, <laughs> I was catching his red groupers, you know, a mile away. Hey, bro, I just caught another one of your tag fish. And they were resilient, you know. Yep. I mean, you catch that little boogers. He would, go, he would go back and drift the same zones and catch them the next day. Tagging you know? them. Yep. We, yeah. do, we do the same thing. They come and they tag mutton snappers, red groupers. Uh, they, tag, they love tagging trigger fish with me. Yeah, well, that, that gray trigger thing there, too. They were trying to regulate those so heavily. And they, need to down, they need to lower the limit on those things. Size like, limit? Oh, they're like that's, piranhas off. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's happening. That's a, I think that's about it's the, hard to yeah. mutton fish up our way at times. Just triggers bait yep. stealers, man, and they're all yep. you know eight to ten inches. You know, yep. they they just reduced it though from fourteen yeah, they, to twelve, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all like eleven and a half to the fork. Uh, <laughs> maybe we, there's nothing better than eating a big hubcap though. Them things are pretty tasty. Yeah, they are. They're they're a fucking nightmare to Four cut. Four man's lobster. Yeah, good eating. Sweet. Yay. It's one thing a shark can't eat. 
<laughs> they can't fight through it. <laughs> they chase them, though. Uh, they oh, do. yeah. Anything we want to plug before we sign off? Native Sun Charters. Yeah, you sharks, please call right? me. Yeah. Plug some sharks. <laughs> you, you, you know what a fish out of Hillsborough and that, right? Yep. yep. And, um, you know, you get some Fish City Pride going on here. Fish right? City Pride, Pop Top, whatever you want. Right? Yep. Fish City Pride, Pop Top. Here we go. Um, get some quality fishing out of Hillsborough Inlet. Get some quality fishing out of Port St. Lucie Inlet. Yep. Right? St. Lucie Inlet. Inlet. And um, there you go, Two guys. worlds apart and yet regulated by the same people. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You couldn't, so, you couldn't have a more different fishery. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's all the same. It's not even 100 miles apart. Not no. even close. No. You were on the... How long did it take you to drive here this morning? About 45 minutes to an hour? Uh, hour and a half. You on the 20? Oh, you kind of came hour and a half. Rush you're on the 2720? Is that... What's the... 2711. 2711. All right. Yep. You're not even 60 miles away. But I mean, just the bottom fishing that goes on in Jupiter with the drift boats and all the free spool shit and everything that everybody does and yep. how, they, how they bottom fish. If I can't anchor... Or I can't power fish and hold my hold my boat into the wind and, and the current and slow the drift down. I don't I don't bottom fish. I don't do yeah. the drift thing. I like it's just yeah. totally different. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody except for Mike that would do it. Uh, and the head boats, you know, they're always anchored, but totally different, totally yeah. different styles of fishing, and uh, and a lot of different species, yep. you know, on the bottom. Yeah, you know, they just they, there is kind of a fence for mm-hmm. a lot of those species because I think the bottom the coral is different. Right, their habitat is different. Temps are slightly different. Temperature slightly different, um, but man, we need to do something about the sharks. We do. That's it. Definitely. We definitely do need to do something about the sharks. So we got some uh, we got some homework to do on this one. Some plan of actions to follow through with. But check out Let's Tax the Tax Man on the Facebook. Right, it's a group yep. um, organized to open up this discussion. Hopefully, we can get some headway, and hopefully, we can find some way for Governor DeSantis to watch this episode and help us out a little bit. So. All right. Yep. All right, good. cool. Your Appreciate ego it. is not your amigo. Right? Always do your best and let God do the rest. All right. And uh, <laughs> if you're in the market for a brand new Ram truck, call the fine folks at Joey Cardi Crusher Dodge Jeep Ram. They will hook you up and help you out, get you riding in style. Right. And if you're hungry, which I know you are because it's lunchtime, go see the fine folks at Papa's Raw Bar. Right. Get everything you want um, from the finest raw bar in all of South Florida. I think the world, personally. It's also, check out the uh, food truck at Pop Amigos there. They got that thing driving around in Old Town Pompano. Um, Troy and Cassie got the situation dialed in and got your uh, your stomachs in mind. So, um, John, anything else we need to plug? Website. Oh, yeah, our website. Go visit connectbywater.com. <laughs> Buy lots of straw hats and artwork and fishing shirts and all that kind of cool stuff that we make. Right so, on. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Farewell to the <laughs> fair Spanish ladies. <laughs> uh.